Draft day is here. One of the best days of the year. Who will the Pelicans select? Will they trade the pick? Are there surprises in store? What else should you expect? Let's get you all set with a draft day preview in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on Thursday, draft day for the New Orleans Pelicans. This is fun. This is probably the most fun I've ever had covering the draft, and it's probably because... Well, the team was a playoff team, and you're not normally supposed to have a good pick if that's the case. So normally when we're covering things like the sixth pick, the eighth pick, the tenth pick, the thirteenth pick, whatever it might be, the the season has been rough, and it kind of sucks, and I'm just burnt out, and that is not the case right now. It's why the show has been five days a week since the season ended, and thank you, of course, for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. Like I said, we are here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. We've never taken a break, giving you the draft coverage that you want, giving you, whether it's second round picks, player prospect reviews, all of that, trades, and more, and we're going to be just getting right into the rest of the offseason with free agency, like starting basically tomorrow. But for now, let's get you set for the NBA draft and what the Pelicans are going to do. So let's start off with this. Are the Pelicans trading this pick for a win now player? There's been a lot reported about that, that they want some help right now. And while yes, the Pelicans are, my hair will not stay up here, are interested in making their roster better now and potentially trading this pick. What does a win now player really mean to this team? The starters are locked in, right? It feels like that. Who is, you know, who in the starting lineup is going to come out? CJ McCollum is locked in for sure. So is Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson. Herb Jones feels like he has to be in the starting lineup for the defense and kind of still growing as a player. And then Jonas Valanciunas at center. Of those four, of those five, right? It feels like Valanciunas could be moved and a new center brought in. But we're not really looking at that, let's say, right? I don't think DeAndre Ayton's going to happen, and there's very few players around the league that I would be like, yes, you've got you've to use assets to go and get that guy to upgrade over Valanciunas. So when you look at what a win-now player would be, it would be for a role player. And you already have Jose, Trey Murphy, Larry Nance Jr. Those are locked-in rotation guys for the team. And then you still have Devontae Graham, Jackson Hayes, and depending on how Kyra Lewis Jr. is doing when he comes back. And I'm probably forgetting a guy here. So you have those guys that are already in the rotation that are guys the team likes and trusts. So if you're trading this pick for a win-now guy, is it for a sixth man, a seventh man? What exactly is it, right? Yeah, you could move Jackson Hayes or Graham or Kyra, but I don't think you'd get that much really, even including the eighth pick with them. You know, those guys might have negative value or two out of the three might have negative value. And so are you then making the most of this eighth overall pick if you try and upgrade 
over him. I don't think it's necessarily worth doing that, right? You know, OKC seems to want to move up potentially to eight, maybe to get Shaden Sharp, who canceled his visit with the Pelicans. Okay, you could maybe trade back and get Lou Dort in the 12th pick, so you still maintain a first-round pick, drop four spots. But while Dort is nice, there's some other things to you know that are worth considering around him. You know, he's a little undersized. What would his role be on the team? And you're gonna have to pay him in the few, in in, in a few in the future. And to be honest, I'd rather see the team just get their guy and not necessarily think about pure value right there because sometimes it doesn't work out. And that's gonna lead into what we're gonna talk about in the next segment. You know, sometimes you can overthink it rather than just drafting the guy that you want to get. And I think that can be an important thing. So when you look at what a win now trade would be, if it's for a seventh man, an eighth man, a sixth man, I'm a little more hesitant about trading the eighth overall pick for that. And it's tough to find trades that work. Like you're not going to give up eight for Jordan Clarkson, right? Even if he could kind of fit a score off the bench for this team, that seems like a bad deal for New Orleans. So I don't really see a win now trade really coming together unless you can really, really upgrade your team. And I just don't know if that's the right move with the eighth overall pick, even if it's something that the Pelicans would actually like to try and do. I don't know. Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. You know, if they were to move for a win now guy, what would it look like? We talked about Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, you move the eighth pick for him. And maybe a trade becomes... A little more apparent. If a guy like Shaden Sharp falls and he is available at eight, is that then going to make a lot of teams call him, right? Call call the Pelicans and go, okay, we got to move up and we got to get this guy. Is that one of the better case scenarios for New Orleans? But moving this pick for a high salaried veteran that you know is maybe aging a little bit and is going to give you a, a, a seventh man, I think is almost one of the worst case scenarios for New Orleans. Minus if well the trade back goes very poorly. And let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Arcade One Up. We've got big news. The one, the only NBA Jam is back. Arcade One Up, the leader in home retro arcade games, not only bringing the best game ever back, they've made it bigger and better than ever before with a wait for it, Shaq Edition Machine. I love NBA Jam. The nostalgia, it's also fast-paced, it's fun, right? It was also one of the first sports games to ever feature real and digitized NBA-licensed teams. There are no fouls, there are no free throws, and with Arcade 1-Up's Shaq edition of NBA Jam, there's no quarters required either. So compete with friends and family through all-new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. And you can pre-order now from Arcade1Up.com, that's Arcade, the number one up, Dot com for an estimated early September ship date. They've got even more classics like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $3.99. And check this out. They're giving away an NBA Jam Shack edition to a locked-on listener. So enter for a chance to win a game console for your home at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8 to enter to win the NBA Jam Shack edition. Don't miss out. Enter today. What team are you going to play with? And then, by the way, please invite me over if you win because I absolutely am going to want to play. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're free and available Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. Covering all the prospects, 
covering second round guys, what to expect on draft night tonight. And then, of course, I will be live immediately after the Pelicans make a pick. Anything the Pelicans do, we are going live. So we'll do it over on the YouTube page and then it'll be uploaded on the podcast side a little bit later. So if you want to join, go to the Locked on Pelicans YouTube page, subscribe so you don't miss it. We will be going live the second the Pelicans make a pick, trade, anything happens, we're going to be live and that'll end up being the Friday show and of course with a player breakdown and all of that. And then next week, we're going right into free agency. So make sure Locked on Pelicans, your first listen every single day. So let's keep talking about what to expect tonight. I think trading for a win now player is a little bit out. I just don't see something that makes a lot of sense and and works. But are they trying to move back in the draft potentially? There's been a lot made about Charlotte having two picks. OKC having multiple picks. We just mentioned a Lou Dort trade back move. I think those, you know, in a a sense could be options for New Orleans. But I've given you some trade back rules I have in this one. I I don't think they need or want Two picks in this draft. Again, it's really easy to talk ourselves into all of these guys. I see y'all doing it on a daily basis. I do it myself. But I don't think this draft is that good. And I look at some of these guys in the middle here. and eh, Even a guy like Malachi Branham that I think some people really, really like. I just don't see him being anything other than kind of what he is in a one-dimensional bucket getter right now. Which, good to have. But I'd like a little bit more out of a player than that right now. So... If they trade back, they can get one of those guys, but I'm not feeling great about it. They could trade back and get two picks and get two of those guys that I don't particularly love. And, you know, when you look at kind of how they've approached things, you know, they're leaving the door open for that, right? Of some of the guys that have, you know, they haven't worked out a ton of guys, you know, and Sharp canceled his visit and he was supposed to come in. And there might be one or two we don't really know about. I don't I don't get all of the info, but I've gotten a lot of the big names that they've worked out. And they have some clear guys that you would draft at 8 that they've worked out. There's some in the 12 to 16 range and then a lot of others are kind of second round picks and potentially undrafted guys like Brady Manick. So it kind of leads us to believe two things, right? They know a guy they like will be there at 8 or they're potentially moving back and they're going to get another guy there too. So Moving back is intriguing, and I think it's worth potentially doing if you can get a future asset, a future first. That maybe is top five protected, top 10 protected, whatever it might be. But I'd want a future first. I don't want two picks in this draft. If you're trading back, I don't want both of Charlotte's picks. I want a future pick. Charlotte, Maybe one of Charlotte's and then another one next year, I think would be good. So the problem with trading back is it often doesn't work out and it's it's a big risk right it's a calculated risk what if you know you trade back thinking Jeremy Sohan's going to be there at 13 at 12 I've seen a lot of you say that to me on Twitter and in the comments down below on YouTube what if he's not what if you traded back being like we'll take him at 12 we'll take him at 13 and he's not there and now you're stuck with a guy you don't particularly like maybe a guy you haven't done as much work on even though they've done a lot of work on all of these guys even if they haven't come in for workouts that is, a, is the worst case scenario. We talked about best case scenarios. That's kind of the worst case scenario for the New Orleans Pelicans. Trading back and having your guy not be there. You know, there, and I said this early on in the draft process, right? You know, there is something to be said for just taking your guy. You know, oh, maybe you think they'll get back there because the teams in between now and then don't have a need for a guy like Sohan or something else. What if another team trades up and it's like, oh my God, Jeremy Sohan's there at 11 we got to take him. And he's not there anymore at 12. What do you then do? Right? Does that devalue that pick to you now? 
And it doesn't make your, your trade back move look worse. It does. So I don't love the idea of trading back. You're in a good position to get a guy you like now. You know, they worked out Dyson Daniels. They worked out Sohan. Those guys are, you know, someone they like should be there at eight. And there's something to be said for just taking your guy. Trading back does save you a little bit of salary, right? But you can avoid the luxury tax if you need to. And right now it does look like they are targeting Dyson Daniels or Jeremy Sohan at eight. Maybe not risk it. Maybe not risk it. You already have a good team. Do you need to roll the dice that much? No. Do you need to play the value game that much when you have future picks from the Bucks, Pick swaps and future picks or pick swaps with the Lakers, right? You don't need to do that. Just take your guy. If it's Daniels, if it's Sohan at eight, just draft him. You know, and both of those guys fit the type of profile that Griff likes and Griff has talked about recently, right? European players that are going to like it in New Orleans, they think. You know, they they have a lot of defense-first skill sets, some ball handling as well, can guard multiple positions, great size on both of them. The one thing that's the knock on both those guys is their shooting. The one skill New Orleans has shown a propensity to develop and be good with. If those guys are there and they're your guys, don't take the risk of them not being there at 13, 12, 14, 15, right? Yeah, 15 is the other Charlotte pick. Just take your guy. There's something to be said for that. And I think that's probably the route that New Orleans needs to take. Don't don't get too cute with it, right? Like, don't overthink it. Just take your guy, stick with the plan, screw a little bit of value here, and just get your dude, make your team better, and go from there. And so, while I do think they're open to moving around, I think it's ultimately going to be them taking Dyson Daniels or Jeremy So on at eight. But we'll see. You never know if there's going to be some surprises in store and what other teams might do. What happens with Portland at seven might dictate some of this. How aggressive OKC wants to move up could really dictate it. And if they make you enough of an offer, well, I'm listening, but if it's Lou Dort and 12 for eight, I'd probably rather just stay at eight and take the guy that you want to take. But what about trading up? What about the second round? Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We've been killing it in draft coverage, giving you deep dives on the prospects you want to hear. We did eight second round picks. We'll talk about that a little bit more right now. Giving you all the insight on who's working out for the team and what that means, what it doesn't mean. And then we're going to do the same for free agency. So it's a fun time to be a Pelicans fan. And then we're going to get right into summer league, then training camp, preseason, then the regular season's going to be here before you know it. Look, we might not even drop to three days a week at all. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment. You can do that on Spotify now. And of course, leave a comment over on YouTube as well. And don't forget, after the Pelicans make a pick tomorrow, live, immediately going to be live breaking down what you want to know about that guy what it means for the team in the the pelicans going forward so as we wrap up the draft day preview what about a trade-up option for new orleans trying to get into the top four four five six somewhere in that range you know i wouldn't hate it if they did it depending on what they give up but it's not going to be jackson hayes and eight to get you to four to five to six certainly not it's going to have to take a future pick to do it you know if you're convinced a guy like Jaden Ivey is the guard that you need. You need some shooting. You need an offensive guard with some self-creation. They, they do. 
that definitely could be Jaden Ivey. You know what? I trust the front office right now after the last draft they had, even though the years before that were some misses. But I trust them right now to go and make that move and you have enough draft capital that it's like, yeah, this is your last chance that you're probably really going to have to add an impactful top 10 pick in the first round. Go and get them. It's unlikely, though. Again, I don't know that any of the players on the roster that they would move have much value around the league. And in fact, I don't think they do. So I think trading up is unlikely. You know, Keegan Murray would make a lot of sense for the team. So does Jay Nivey. Those are the two you really would go up to try and get. Unless you think that maybe Dyson Daniels won't be there at eight. Maybe Portland's eyeing him, which I think could be a possibility too. Maybe another team wants to trade with Portland to go and get Dyson Daniels. So do you need to get to six to try and do it? Could you make that happen? And I think there's some potential there. I think the Kings would like to try and trade back too, but I just don't think there's a good enough player for the Kings to really entice him to go back to eight. So I think a trade up is very unlikely. For the second round, expect them to at most use one of the two picks they have, 41 and 52. If you want a list of guys they could be targeting, check out Tuesday's show where we broke down eight second round picks. I think it's very possible they sell one, if not both of the picks. I think plan A is try and combine both second round picks to trade up and consolidate them a little bit. I don't think they'll get too far with 41 and 52, but you might be able to go up a few spots from 41. I think that would work. They have shown kind of a propensity to sell second round picks, get a little bit of cash in the door. Can't hurt. The thing is, there's no real roster spots for the second round picks whatsoever. And those guys you know, aren't going to really want to be on a two-way deal. They're not going to want to just be signed to a G League contract. That can create some issues there. So I think with the Pelicans, they'll end up selling one of them, probably 52, maybe drafting a guy at 41, trying to make it work in the G League. But if not, it doesn't really matter. They might look at an overseas guy that won't come over right away, and they don't need to worry about it while still owning that guy's draft rights. Um, but I think ideally they'd like to kind of consolidate down, trade up, and see if that guy can really make the team in summer league, in training camp. But look, these second round picks are very, most of the time, like 90% of the time, misses. Herb Jones spoiled us last year. That is not the expectation. That is not the norm whatsoever. So I wouldn't think that a ton is going to end up happening with the second round. I don't think this is going to be a very exciting draft for the Pelicans in the first place. I think they're going to end up just drafting a dude at eight, and it's going to be like an uneventful night. I think it's going to be Sohan. I think it could be Dyson Daniels. I think the scenario where things could get a little bit crazy is if Shaden Sharp is there. You know, as we talked about on Monday, that's kind of the ideal scenario for New Orleans, potentially. That could be fun. That's when you can start asking for a lot there. We'll see if that ends up happening or if it's just cool. They take their guy, make the team better. We're happy about that. And let's look forward to next season and free agency, which we will be covering basically all of next week. So let me know what you think is going to happen. What's your expectation for draft day? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube or on Twitter at Nola Jake. And that's going to do it. Don't forget live show immediately after the Pelicans make their pick. I cannot wait. It is going to be so much fun. It's going to be awesome. This is going to be a fun day. This is the most fun I've had covering the draft in a really, really long time since probably the Zion Williamson draft in 2018. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with y'all tomorrow and live tonight, so looking forward to it.